What's happening, RSL Nation? It's your boys Adele and the Baker with a new episode of the Scarf Life Podcast. Turn on turn on The Baker. We got to start with the intros, man. They prog- It's just getting weird at this point. I, I thought we just went back to the original here. No, if you go listen to some of those old episodes, we actually had like proper intro music at one point. It was really aggressive intro music, but it was intro music. You remember? It was like the, the chanting. It was like Gregorian monk chanting. Yeah, we had buttons and stuff, if I remember correctly. Well, anyways, RSL Nation, hope you well. Baker, how you doing, my friend? Um, you know, I'm I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. Can't complain, can't complain. You know, it's uh I'll be back in, in lovely Salt Lake here real soon uh to catch the home opener for the season. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, how's that happening already? And I love it. This 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 seems like the shortest off season. In a very long time. Now, I know we talked about this a little bit last week. It probably has something to do with the fact that we also kind of made it pretty far into the playoffs, right? So that shaves a few weeks off of the offseason. But it still seems like a really short offseason. And I know it's not, but I'm, I'm happy. It, it seems like you blink twice and we're right back into MLS action, not just MLS action, RSL action, and RSL action at home. And it's supposed to be a beautiful, cold day in the low 30s, high 20s, with some snow on the ground. That's yeah. just perfect and sitting. It's going to be it's gonna be lovely, lovely Utah March weather, that's for sure. Um, and from what I've heard, it's, it's going to be a pretty – weather you know withstanding it's gonna be a pretty awesome atmosphere so from what i've heard they've already made quite a few improvements to the stadium so i'm curious to see what those look like they've been pretty hush hush about it um i know some of the supporters groups have gotten together uh, i think as recently as last weekend and did some uh chant practice which is you know always awesome to uh to hear so i don't know man i think and i saw this on twitter i haven't confirmed this but i'm of the understanding that the new ownership has uh, sold something like an additional 1,000 season ticket holder tickets. So, you know. That all, makes sense. I mean, it does. I've, the excitement's back, you know, like uh, the on-field product, and we'll get into that uh, shortly here. But the, um, the the excitement's back, you know. There's hope. There's something to look forward to, and it's, it's manifesting itself in all these kind of cool little ways, and it's just it's awesome to see. I mean, even if you just consider the, the number of people or the people who left because the the LH, DHL, the Lloyd Hansen, Hansen the LH, yeah. Um, Letters are hard, folks. Off field, I say that like he had any presence on the field, but his antics. I would pay to see that. Some of those, <laughs> some of those things, right? I mean, we know for a fact some people left as a result of that. So, that's really good to hear, and you're absolutely right. Look, people are excited because it's back. Right, MLS is back. RSL is back. It is the only team we have. I think there were a lot of people on the fence last year, as you and I were. Remember, we were saying last year, it's a freaking success if the team stays in Salt Lake. Right. Yet alone anything else. So we overperformed by quite a margin. Having said all of that, Let's talk about the product on the field. So we're going to talk real quick about the game that just happened in Houston. And then we'll talk a bit about the game that will happen this weekend at Rio Tinto Stadium in Salt Lake City. Excuse me, historic Sandy. In this historic game. Sandy. Historic Sandy. And that, that's going to be interesting. So let's talk about uh, Houston real quick. Walk, right. Walked out of Houston with a 0-0. Which on paper... Not bad. I, I can live with that. I'll, I'll take a draw from Houston. I will absolutely take the draw on Houston. First of all, let's, let's, set, the, let's set the setting here. Mm. I'm sure that's correct English, right? Yeah, you, you really are nailing the vocabulary words these days. I'm, 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 um, I'm a good English speaker. Yeah. The fact that you're trying to be wrong but end up being more right is terrifying. Anyway, I, I digress. 
we we as in Real Salt Lake, and this is we're no strangers to this in the past little while, at least last couple of years. By the quote unquote, and I use that quote unquote strongly, but the next word very loosely, experts in MLS have been projected to finish somewhere between 11th, 12th, and 13th in the West. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong, but there are only right around 13 teams in the West. Yeah, I think it's something like, excuse me, somewhere around there. I'm, I believe you're accurate. So let's just say clearly we're not on their list of top teams to make the playoffs in the West, yet alone go anywhere beyond the playoffs. So we're going into this game with that in mind. Now let's add a couple of layers. Mm -hmm. Layer number two is we're playing in Houston, which is in the state of Texas and any and all true RSL fans who have followed over the years know, understand and remember for some reason, for some odd reason, we have never had luck in the state of Texas. The fondest memory I have of a game Real Salt Lake played in Texas is that 13 second goal Javi Moe scored. <laughs> what was it, was, it was against Houston, wasn't it? It was either Houston or Dallas. It was, well, there were only two at that time, so it would have had to be one of those. Yes, I think it was Houston. Um, and you and I missed that game because we were about a minute late for kickoff because the mm -hmm. bus took longer than we wanted because we went to that bar downtown to watch it at that time. Yep, yep. And we were trying to be responsible citizens and not drive. So uh, we're like, hey, screw it. We'll take the bus for a dollar. Whatever it Safety costs. first. Yep. So that's it. So first of all, bottom feeder team based on projection second of all we're playing in a place where where we historically have bad luck right and let's face it houston has been bad for years it doesn't matter doesn't mean just because houston is bad we should have better luck we mm. always have bad luck with a crappy I, well i wouldn't say it's bad luck i mean the the you know the the i, I think we're all referencing that you know houston two-step uh the Texas two-step road trip where I think it was like Houston, yeah. Dallas, and we lost like 6-0 and then, you know, 4-0 or something. Every um, year. <laughs> no, no, there was that one year. It was especially bad because they were like back-to-back -back games. Um, I, I think Texas in the summer is really when RSL is at their absolute worst down there. Well, just not uh, a lot of points. All right, so regardless no. of all the details, I'm always every time we go to Texas, to any of the Texas teams, I'm like, oh, crap. Something bad's going to happen. And then on top of that, remember, 13th ranked team in the West. Sure. We're missing no less than two regular starters that would be 100% starters. I mean, you could make the case maybe even three. So Herrera is was sitting out due to that uh, red card that he received in the Portland game at the end of last year. Yep. Um, Ochoa with, I believe it's a, I want to say groin or hamstring soreness that he picked up in the final preseason of this year. Um, yep. In Portland Ever on the turf. In Portland on the turf. Never good. Um, and then Everton Luis, I would probably say is a starter on, on this uh, team. Um, he was out yep. as well. And I, I think it was due to, I want to say like visa issues or something. I, I, if I remember correctly. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just, I actually, I don't I have no idea why he was out. I, I, I do think it has something to do with, with paperwork. I want to say, but don't, don't quote me on that. I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah. So despite all of that, we go in there, we go in there and, uh, look, I'm looking at the stats. All right. And. I looked at the stats after the game. They did not compute with what I saw on the field, but numbers don't lie, right? At the end of the day, Houston still had the majority of possession, about 60 to 40. More correctly, 61.5 to 38.5, right? And that, that makes sense. Shots total, 10 them, 8 us. Shots on goal, 2 them, 2 us. 
Right. And I think one of our shots on goal was one of those where it was like technically a shot on goal. Right. There's always one of those. Yep. I will take, and I'm not sure why people are so upset. So you have to consider all those three factors there. I I will take the hell out of that 0-0 in Houston. It's on the road, first game of the season. We're lowly projected. And we get a 0-0 without, like I said, no less than two, maybe even three otherwise starters. Where right. am I wrong? Why are people upset? Yeah, we didn't I mean, play well. I, I, I don't we think people... Point on the road. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Point, you know, get that point on the road is is uh, is always very, very nice. Um, no, it's... Uh, you know, I, I don't think people are that upset. I think people are upset by the lack of just attacking. <laughs> um, you know, at, at some point... And yes, you know, RSL is projected or expected or however you want to phrase it to not do very well this year. But it is worth noting that up until, you know, very recently, Houston, I think, was actually the lowest ranked team. Um, I I think one of the few teams that's expected to do worse than RSL. So we were we were among company, I guess, is is a good way to put it. Um, So so, you know, I, I, I think. I, I think it's one of those things where it's the first game of the, you know, of the season. You are kind of excited because you've got all these, you know, all these rumors and you've got new owners and, you know, the team did really, 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 really well last year and, and just, you know, ends up playing in the Western Conference final. And so you're going into it, I think, expecting to be entertained. And I think every fan is, you know, every informed fan is going, yeah, I'll take a point against Houston on the road. Like, no problem. I think people are just disappointed in the fact that they weren't entertained. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's where, you know, if there's criticism, I think that's where it belongs. It, it was objectively one of the worst, <laughs> worst entertainment values I've gotten from Real Salt Lake, especially in recent memory. Um, you know, it was a very unattractive. It was one of those instances where at the end of it, you know, like technically we watched the soccer game. Yeah. But listen, I, I pay attention to that when I'm watching objectively when other teams play Sure, whatever, when, when ourselves playing, I just, I just want to see output. So let's just, let, let's go into some, some, um, any standouts. Uh, I thought McMath did well, right. He had a couple of things to deal with. I thought he dealt with them. Here's something I I never thought I would have I would say. I thought I thought Eric Holt did well. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, I think that's a. I mean, in my mind, I think Justin Glad was still player of the match. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think M Silva also definitely had some. You know, came in very clutch. Uh, I can think of two examples specifically where. I think he broke up almost sure things. Like he was kind of the last defender and and just yeah, saved us. He, he also almost cost me a heart attack or two, right? Because he does he has those he has those high risk tackles. He's he's I, a, he's an all in kind of guy. I think I think he's he's given up just enough PKs for us in the last couple of years. Where I'm like, every time he goes after a player in the in the box, I'm like, oh my god. Like this is either going to be the greatest tackle of the year or a penalty, right? <laughs> right. There's no middle ground there. No, so it's I'm not giving him a fresh slate at all. Not a clean yeah, slate. Clean slate. You know, because I'm like, yeah, I've seen too many of these go wrong. But yeah, it luckily for us, it worked out every single time he did. Another guy I thought did really well, a newcomer, uh, Scott Coldwell. Your thoughts on him? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's really, really nice to have such a serviceable, um, you know, the dude was like a regular starter at new England for, was it new England? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was new England, um, for quite some time. I mean, just, just a solid, um, solid, uh, defensive midfielder, um, Nothing too crazy from him. You know, he completed his passes where he needed to complete them. He 
was a nice stable presence in front of that kind of three-man back line um you know it, it's I, I think i've made my feelings about pablo's uh and pablo ruiz here uh you know his defensive side of the midfield uh being not necessarily one of his strengths so it's nice to have uh caldwell there as as kind of a nice little stopgap when and if everton shouldn't be available yeah no i agree with you i, I thought pablo ruiz was actually not good on the offensive side either uh, he i mean he he looks good on the ball until he has to pass it I thought he had way too many misplaced passes. It just, he took the last uh, free kick of the game, right? When we had that last chance and like, yeah, that ball is still like in the air somewhere. Uh, yeah, it's probably still flying somewhere over the Houston. Um, you know, it, it's calling to the Houston uh, landing center right now saying, Houston, we have a problem, I think, right about now. I mean, that was, that was just terrible. Also, almost as bad as the joke I just made, if you want to think about yeah, it. Yeah, that was. That was a stretch. A couple of others I want to talk about real quick. I th- uh, and no point of discussion here, but I think Krylock, underwhelming. I mean, as good as anyone other than a couple of other guys, but kind of underwhelming. I was expecting more from him. I was expecting him to kind of take over at some points. A um, couple of guys I do want to talk about real quick. Oh, one other guy from my perspective, and you can touch base on these. Uh, I, thought, I thought Chang that went, came in, did really well. Right. Yeah, yeah, really good sub. Yep. Um, I think, I think Merrim, I think Justin Merrim is does not ever, ever again need to start a game for Real Salt Lake. I think Justin Merrim, in my opinion, is the perfect guy to come off the bench in the 60th or 70th minute, right? And give you 20 to 30 minutes. Um, against a tired back line. He's really good one-on-one, but he's not he's not really good one-on-one against a fully... <laughs> yeah, know, fresh defenders. Fresh defender on the other side. Right. I just... I love the guy. I thought he, he was part of some of the most important moments of the successful, very successful season of Real Salt Lake last year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he, without without some uh, Miram heroics, Arsenal's on the playoffs. No, and the, yeah, you're absolutely right. They might not even be close to the playoffs without without you're talking about Kansas City here. Yep. But without some of his heroics earlier in the season, we're not even in a position to be in the playoffs uh, if we have a good showing there. So I love that guy. I think he absolutely needs to be on the team. I'm really really happy we re-signed him. I just I do not believe Justin Merrim needs to be a starter. I think he should not be a starter. I think, and this is a compliment to him. I think mm-hmm. he's a perfect 20 to 30 minute player. Right. And helps him show off the best parts of his game. Right. And hides the fact that he's uh, let's just say a little more mature. Right. Definitely on the wrong side of 30 as far as professional athletes go. Yep. And even when he was on the other side of 30, and I would argue that the wrong side of 30 is under 30, but whatever. Uh, he was never the quickest. No, no, that, that was never his game. That was never his game. But how perfect is it to have a guy like that? You bring in off the bench for 20, 30 minutes, no matter what right. the score is. And you can, you can almost guarantee he is going to have a positive impact on the game because he... He hardly ever has a negative impact on the game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rare that he has a bad game. I, I mean, I think he's starting now, just because you know there's no Anderson, Julio, there's no, you know, like there, there is nobody else, quite frankly, that is, you know, I think if we're going to be honest, as serviceable there right now, um, on on that kind of attacking wing, whatever you want to call that. Um, it's, yeah, well, if, if, if you want to stick to that formation, you're right. Yes. Right. And I think, you know, it for what it, I mean, I'll talk formation all day. I, I kind of want to get away from the three man backline. I think we had to play it a little, uh, just given the fact that we didn't have Herrera. Um, but ultimately I think it is one of those things where I, I do think once some of these reported, you know, reinforcements arrive. Um, you know, I, I think you'll see, you'll get your wish and it'll be 
Miram off the bench versus Miram in the starting 11. And it just makes sense. Let me, let me, let me throw you a crazy idea. You ready? You have to yeah, born, born, I was born this, ready. I'm always this, ready. Just this assume is gonna I'm knock, ready. This is going to knock your socks off. So I want to make sure I have your consent. I consent. Yes. What? What is it? Pablo Ruiz, left wing. No, man. It's, I mean, just no. It's, it's got, it's a whole lot of no. Um, so I, I don't know how familiar you are with the current status of some of these transfer rumors. But from what I understand, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the team we have on hand right now. Sure, sure. Yes. I mean, no, because then who else do you put in that midfield? Um, Everton. Right. But Everton's not playing. You know, you're, well, you're... I'm assuming Everton is playing, obviously. Right? Well, right. But then why can't we assume that some of these transfer rumors are coming to come true? Well, why wouldn't Everton be playing in a week or two? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out why he didn't play uh, this week. I do think it's the paperwork. Even Chang. Chang oh, looked. Well. Chang looked solid. Yeah, I think I. Um, yeah, so it is visa approval. Um, Chang. Uh, I, I think had an outstanding game. Um, I think we have seen him kind of not perform as well historically when he gets the start versus being a sub. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind if, if Chang gets a start here and there. Um, actually, I, I did forget about that. You're absolutely right. Right. Usually, um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's something that he's much better off the bench. But right. again, desperate times, desperate measures. I just think I don't want to say put Merrim on the bench mm-hmm. to punish him. I right. think it's it's a value add to the team. Exactly. For sure. For sure. Not in the first 60 minutes, but in the last 30. I think right. it's better for him. It's better for the team. And then it's like, how do you how do you figure out the formation to the point where you can have Merrim in there for the last 30 and not the first 60? Right. Um also, oh well, oh, <laughs> totally forget about this guy. What about uh, uh, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, he had, I'm, he had I'm a little. I'm moment. a little worried. Uh, <laughs> I'm beyond worried. I was worried at the end of last year because I thought right. he was our next savior. And and there um, were moments. I mean, he was on that streak where he was getting an assist or a goal. It was like three or four games in a row, and then suddenly it was like, nope. He's got uh, the skill set, man. He has. He's one of the most skilled, purely skilled players I've ever seen play for RSL. You can see it dribbling off the ball, and I just think he's too soft. And maybe it's in his head. I don't know. He keeps going down. He keeps flopping. I, I don't know. But right. I mean, again, if desperate measures, desperate times, desperate measures. The only the last guy I want to cover, and I'll let you cover anyone else you want. Um, but it's 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 our new guy, uh, Sergio Cordova. Right. I think you and I might disagree on his performance. I thought he did really well. He's a new flavor to RSL. Right. You put, you put it. You put it best. What did you call him? I called him a more. I mean, we were specifically talking about one aspect of his game. So, and we'll get into the that. Whole, but it's very important. Whole. I said that he was a much more talented Sandoval, and I understand that there's a whole ton of people (laughs) right now uh rolling their eyes and shaking their head and thinking i've lost my marbles um we were specifically talking about um cordova's hold-up play um it's and i think this is where it's you know i think i think he when when he was being brought on and when the club was talking about him they were talking about him as a winger, right? They were talking about him as a Julio replacement. Yeah. I've seen enough of his game now to, with absolute certainty, say that is whoever, whoever thinks that that man can play a winger role the way Julio played it no. should not be making soccer decisions in their yeah. life. They don't know what they're looking at. And it, it's, it's, it is like asking a fish to climb trees with monkeys. Like it, it's, it's, 
It's counter to everything Cordova does when the ball comes to him. The man instinctively turns his back to goal. Like he does it every, every time the ball is coming towards him or he gets the ball at his feet. He's trying to position. I mean, he's a big dude. It makes sense. Like use that width, use that physicality, use that strength. And, you know, he puts his back towards goal. He wants to create that space. He wants to hold the ball up. He wants to connect with creative playmakers and midfielders and wingers. Um, and I mean, I mean, you know, obviously it hasn't been rewarded yet, but um, you know, definitely another forward in our trio of forwards, I'd say. Well, I would say a totally, totally. So remember, we only had funny 25 minutes of him that, that we have seen 25 minutes. True. Right. I don't, I agree with everything you said in the first 90% of your statement, which is. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's, that's passing. (laughs) Back to the goal, hold up, wait for his team to come up. Right. And I would, I would argue that in a system like Real Salt Lakes, where we are midfield heavy, offensive or defensive midfield heavy. That should be the perfect solution, right? On paper, that should be the perfect solution where you wait for your team to catch up. And that's how you create the chances. And you, you know, you know my saying. At the end of the day, you just need to put balls the ball on frame. On frame with power. Absolutely. Right. And then what what's the best chances of creating the chance to put the ball on frame with power? Right. Get it, get it to a big dude in the in the box that's it that's it so i think so the 10 percent of your statement i don't agree with which is the very last part when you said well he's another forward in basically our stable there right right, right i right. think he's unique we have no one like him I, I would agree with that i think you're right about that i think he's different than merrim oh for sure i think he's different than bobby wood Right, absolutely. Who we didn't even mention, which tells you something. Yeah. He's he's different than Krylock. Right? He's he's I mean, he's different than Menendez. For sure. Yeah. He um, he it's definitely one of those dudes that you know you can get him the ball up there and trust him not to lose it immediately. Like, you know, I don't I don't think he's gonna run at defenses from the midfield anytime soon. Remember you were saying about uh Sandoval? The, the, something about the king of intangibles. I used to make. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know about the king of intangibles, but my entire thing with Sandoval, and I stick to this, it's if the dude was like even five percent better at finishing, like like not even like because he was just well below average at finishing. If you could get him to just slightly below averaging at finishing, the dude would be one of the best strikers in the league. Um, yeah. the, the, he holds the ball up at, at, at a premier league level. Like, absolutely. The dude just, you could trust the him. wall. Absolutely. You get the ball to his feet. I loved, you know, when I loved having him, when RSL was up a goal and we're trying to close the game out, we're sitting back, we're defending, but we still want to have some attacking presence and the dude can, yep. you know, keep defenders honest. Um, and he can, he, He'll get fouled, right? Oh, absolutely! It's the only and... it's the only way you're taking the ball from a guy like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I from what I've seen of Cordova, he has he has that skill set of like you could just see it. The ball is coming towards him, and he's trying to pos- like it almost looks like he's running away from the goal. Like he does it so instinctively, he wants his back to the keeper. Um, yeah. and you know, it, it's counterintuitive, I think, to the average. A fan you know average quote-unquote um but it is the type of thing where it can be extremely dangerous in the right circumstances um i think if we can get some more time with him and you know i think realistically the mirror on the field at the same time and, and get some uh give and goes going um because because let's be honest the mirror didn't have exactly his best game either uh, he was he was he looked like he was too busy coaching everybody else to yeah playing. i was just gonna say um, he was being captain, right? Yeah, he got really into the whole captain thing. Um, but no, it, it's 
and it's fantastic to have somebody who has that skill and brings that dimension to the club, assuming the club knows how to play him. But it also doesn't help with the fact that, you know, we've got Miram and Chang on that left wing right now, you know, and hopefully some of these rumors come true and we get some, we get some support there. But for the time being, the guy you and I both agree should be our, you know, kind of super sub role and, and be coming off in those final 30 minutes unfortunately has to start. Nope. I'm going to give you a lineup right now for this Saturday that makes him not necessary to start. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to touch the back, right? You got to touch the back. Well, okay. If a Troy is healthy, he's playing. Okay. You meant goalie. I got you. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, If, Aaron Herrera is healthy, he's playing. Oh, Herrera is healthy. It's just he got okay. a red card. Yeah. So there you go. Herrera, Herrera in for hold. Vlad mm-hmm. stays there. Silva can stay there for all okay. I care. All right. Um, so we're playing three in the back again. Oh, I'm going off of the same. Like, okay. We all know this is not how it works just because it's on paper. This I understand. Is- I mean, you do group it by defender, midfielder, and forward, but okay. Yes. Let, let, me, let me get to the changes I would make. Get to yes. the changes. Yes. All right. I would replace my friend Merrim. Okay. With Chang. Okay. Okay. I mean, we did just talk about why that wasn't a great idea, but it's not a terrible idea. Okay. Uh, you still get 60 minutes of one thirty of the other. So you might get both of both worlds. Best of both worlds, I guess, is the saying here. Okay. Sure. I will then replace... Not replace. I would move Caldwell, no matter how good he was, to the bench. Right. And move Demir Krylike into his role. Okay. I mean, Demir's a terrible defensive midfielder. Right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay. I mean, I'm worried about it. It, It's so far, this is a lineup that's pretty weak down the middle against probably the most, the best attacking core in the league, but okay. I'm moving Bobby Wood. Mm -hmm. To the right wing position. Okay, another role he doesn't play very often. Slash, well, right. Well, okay, I'm, I'm a little unorthodox here. Okay, yeah, clearly. I mean, because all of these dudes are going to do super well playing roles they don't normally play. But anyway, then keep I'm putting going. then I'm putting Cordova at the nine, a proper number nine, because I think a proper number nine Cordova needs a Damir Cry like playing the ten. Now, here's the thing: I'm not sure if Everton's paperwork will be done by the mm-hmm. weekend because all of this could be dependent on that. I would obviously move Ruiz out and put Everton in to cover for the mere Krylock. So it might all depend on that because without that, it's kind of all a wash. Right. right? I, I guess I, uh, the, the server lining to what you just said is the fact that you are not the coach and uh, at no point will the fever dream you just described as a starting 11 ever take the field. And uh, we can take solace in that. <laughs> I'm just giving you my thoughts. Okay. I understand. I'm just like, why is suddenly everyone playing out of position? I, I think, I think Cordova needs to start. I think he needs his style of play. I've seen it. Okay. His style of play. I'm not okay. By the way, I'm not comparing him to these players, just his style. Right. right. We're talking about Higuain. We're talking about uh, Lukaku. We're talking about Jaco. Like, we're talking about your typical number nines. And that's what I got from him in the 25 minutes we saw. Right. You can't go off of highlights. And let's not pretend we were watching Augsburg's games over the last couple of years to know what he actually plays like. Right. Well, I mean, even if you were watching their games you wouldn't see him play exactly there you go <laughs> good point that i mean the, the times we were playing but he strikes me you're right he strikes me like a, a typical number nine uh back to the goal right. right and we always think we always think of typical number nines as finishers it's way more important than that. it's the hold up it's waiting for your team to catch up right it's so putting nine, the ball on frame with power well no 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 well though that's the that's the finishing product but th- that was why I was half jokingly saying, "What about Pablo Ruiz on the left wing?" Right. My, Mikhail Chang will do just fine in that space. Yeah. You need speedy wingers for that play, right? So he's holding it up. So you need your 
Yeah, but Michael Chang is not a speedy winger. Right. So, oh, okay. So all I'm going to say well, that's is why I, I proposed Pablo Ruiz, man. So all, yeah, Pablo I isn't. Pablo's, just, Pablo R is not the fastest guy either. So just, he's faster me, than most. All I'm going to say is in order for you, I agree. I think Cordova is, should be the starting nine. Uh, but I think the way you get that is just a like for like substitution with him and Bobby Wood. I, you know, I think I didn't see anything from no, Bobby I Wood still, against I want, Houston. I want, no, uh, we, okay. So here's the other thing. So now let me play GM for a second. I would, I would really prefer if you didn't do that. For sure. <laughs> let me play coach GM like as, like to do in the EPL. Right. So you, you're playing both roles. I, the, the, the way our team is structured and our budget for this year, at least, by the way, my expectation for n- next year is, is like, we're going to do some stupid signings, right? We're winning the club world cup. No, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying we're going to do some stupid, expensive signings. That's all I'm saying, right? This team cannot, in my opinion, be successful without one of two things. And I'm just narrowing it down. There are a lot more to go around. Without a Bobby Wood that has a really good season, or some unnamed youngster that just blows all of our minds with 20 goals this year, I think there's a higher likelihood Bobby Wood has a good season that some unknown youngster that might not be on, might not even be on the roster yet. I think we need we absolutely have to keep Bobby Wood in the lineup for the majority of at least the first quarter of the season, even if he does shit all at that point. Right. It, this I'm just going to mention this briefly is probably a really good time to mention the fact that um, it is being reported that the club is still in talks with uh, Anderson Julio, that those conversations are not dead. Um, and, a player whose name recently was mentioned as somebody that the club is talking to uh, is one Jefferson Severino, which yeah. that solves a lot of problems. If, oh. if it's true. You, yeah. If, if, if that were to happen, that just changed everything I said. <laughs> right. So, I mean, right. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that would definitely do it. Um, so yeah, so I I will say that I'm very glad that uh, you are not the GM coach. <laughs> no, um, you uh, shouldn't be because this 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 thing I said would win. I'm telling you, it would. I guarantee. I guarantee you, moving Bobby Wood to the winger role is not doing anybody any favors. Least of all, my mental health. It, um, would, it would keep the best eleven available players on the field. That's the most important. Yeah, part. but sometimes the best eleven players on the field, if are if they are so out of position, are no longer the best eleven. But that's neither here nor there. Now we're talking okay, about look, hypotheticals. If, now if, we're talking if, hypotheticals. If he's twelve feet to the left, he's not out of position. Okay, that's that's a whole different thing. Like you're talking Aaron Herrera, and I mm-hmm. I gave you this due a couple of years ago, and I've given it to you for a couple of years since. Right. But Aaron Herrera was playing left back. Yeah, whoever okay. did, that was a terrible disservice to that young man. That, that and the team <laughs> and, and everyone. And my else. mental health. You know what I mean? Like at that point, you might as well put uh, Pablo Ruiz in the left back. Actually, that's not which a bad we, idea. we no, we've tried that. Do you not right. remember Petke tried that? It was yeah. terrible. The dude was constantly out of position. Right, because you spent it the was, last two it decades was, of your life playing a position, and it oh, becomes it was an so instinct. Bad. It was yeah. so bad. Um, anyways, we should talk Seattle briefly. Yeah, so let's let's move forward. Now we're up against. Uh, oh, this is juicy. We should have left mm. more time for this. For Seattle. So Seattle, first of all, okay, we can talk about the game they just had, but so we're welcoming back. Our captain, former captain from last year. That's what makes him former. I was going to mention that if you had let me finish. I was was making a dramatic pause. No need for dramatic pause there. We lead with that. Former captain, (laughs) Albert Ruschnack. I'm still still crossing my fingers that I run into him up here somewhere. 
Why? Does he have I a house? Know. Oh, yeah, you're in Seattle. Yeah, I yeah, come on, bro. Well, not before the game because you're leaving tomorrow, right? We might be on the same flight out. Oh, that would be pretty sick. That would be pretty dope, actually. They Don't they usually fly out like the night before? I have no idea. I think uh, under COVID protocol, I remember like famously the team traveled like day of, but I think those yeah. restrictions have cooled off a little bit. Yeah. No. no oh, one. they definitely, they definitely have. Uh, RSL flew out to Houston, I want to say at least a couple of days before the game. Yeah. The, the Jazz Arena just got rid of their mask, man. Yeah. It's, it's, COVID is over. I, I forgot we had COVID. <laughs> So, like, right now when someone has someone says I have COVID, I'm like, all right, cool. Drink some tea. It's such, a like someone, such a hipster. Such a hipster. It's just like someone says I have a flu. Okay, cool. It's go. Cool. Yeah, great. Now we're, gonna, now we're going to... I know. We're not, we're, not, we're not getting into that. Okay. Stop. Um, yeah, no. Uh, we're talking would, about Albert Ruchnag coming I'm, to I'm, Real Salt Lake. Yep. Yeah, I'm very interested... I know what my okay, so I think our followers uh, mm-hmm. should be if they're you know if they have listened to all of our podcasts over the last year. So all three, right, of the last year, yeah, should know that you and I have always thought, and you correct me if you think otherwise. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to correct history, you tell me. Rushnak was a always overpaid. Right. B should have never been the captain of Real Salt Lake. I think that's fair. And C never the guy up to that DP role, the, like the guy that needs to make a difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think everything you're saying is fair so far. Yep. Having said all of that, I always thought he came across as a gentleman. He has from my perspective, never done or said anything wrong. He was never a prima donna. Even that time where he didn't travel to Kansas City because he wanted an extension. Right. Fair he handled play. that well. Yeah. Fair play. Right. Yep. Um, I have absolute, uh, other than performance wise, and that's excluding the last 50% of the last season, right? Because he was our MVP the last half of last season. Um, even above Krylock, I would say. Maybe not last half, but like maybe last one third of the season. I was even with all of that, I have absolutely no hard feelings. I think the man came in, handled his business, was a good citizen, mm-hmm. um, lived up to you know the club's weird. I mean, he also was here the very weird time if you think about it right yeah yeah like no stability Um, basically from the second you're here no i have absolutely no problems with him off the pitch i think he was decent on the pitch he right i think also think he never deserved the paid like he never deserved to be the highest paid player in rsl right um but that that you know again good agent good business that's his business i have no problem with him so i hope we don't show him a bad time i no, and no problem with Albert. I also think realistically, and this is where we probably should actually get into the game. Um, there's, there's probably, I'm not gonna say no chance he plays, but there's, he's, I, he's definitely not going the full ninety. Um, he might do like a half, and it, it'll probably be like the first half or something. Um, and I. You know, and obviously I'm dancing around the main topic at hand here, and that's on Tuesday, the you know three days after uh, Real Salt Lake plays uh, Seattle. Seattle will be playing uh, Club Lyon from Liga MX uh, for a Concacaf Champions League game. Um, they every time they talk about Concacaf, they're all in. That's obviously the most important uh, thing they've got going on right now. They sat and rested a bunch of their, you know, main guys against the uh, Nashville uh, last weekend. Yep. Um, and it, oh, it, worked it, out. it showed, uh, incidentally enough, Albert, I think played the full 90 as an attacking midfielder. Cause Nicholas Ladero didn't play. I think only played 45 minutes. Um, 
So, I mean, I, I think the Seattle side that will be coming in to uh, Rio Tinto will be a very depleted Seattle side um, with a lot of backups. I, you know, given the weather, I would be shocked if, if we, quite frankly, if we even see a Rushnek. Yeah, I would be devastated if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, look, it's not like we're going there for Rushnak, but it'd be a mm. nice cherry on right. top of the cake. Yeah, you're right. And look, you, this is that, this is, this is like that the bizarre part. The MLS has two bizarre parts of the season. And I think this year actually mls might be less bizarre because the world cup is at the end of the year right at the completion of mls cup but that very you know we kick off our season in march usually even though it was technically in february this year right but that, that, that's before some of the European transfer windows are even open, yet alone close in the middle of their season. So you're signing players that will join you in June and July. So it's all kind of bizarre, right? Then you're playing CONCACAF Champions League in basically what is preseason for MLS teams and is midseason for Mexican teams, right? And that's, again, a bizarre and then that all impacts your MLS performance because RSL, I mean, Jesus, it's been a few years, right? But we were there where we said, you know, we don't, we don't give a crap about the first two, three, four MLS games of the season because we're focused on right. the Champions League. And it went to the point of the MLS moving games, now, in this case, they don't have to move games because it's Saturday and Tuesday. That, that's just right. regular, you know, that's just regular play right there. But it, 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 it always, there should always be an asterisk with those results on top of it. Right. I, I think um, famously, uh, um, Club Montreal, uh, like, I'm going to say a few years ago now, whenever it is that they ended up going to the final, um, yeah, like three years ago, right? I, I think they basically asked the league not to schedule any of their like early season games. Um, and I think the league ended up complying. And I want to say like shortly after CONCACAF ended, they like played like Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday for like a month or something. Yeah. Some crazy thing um, like that. Yeah, I, re- I remember. I mean, shit. Uh, 09, 10. Uh, 2011, uh, the MLS did that for RSL. That was that was their you know Cinderella run um, into the final, and we were literally like two inches shy of winning that on that Saborio shot that hit the uh, header that hit the, the. You were there. We were sitting in the upper section. Yeah, no, that the whole season the MLS was completely compliant, and and most. Leagues do that. The, the the English league does. No, actually, English no. league. The English league notoriously does not do that. Right. Um, Just run those guys into the ground, baby. Yeah, based on uh, what the Jose Mourinho says. I know the Italians do that. I know the Germans do. You know, what I mean, like they just. They're like, all right, we'll move it from um, a Sunday game to a Friday game, so you can play Champions League on Tuesday, right? Um. So yeah. Did not know that. No, no, they do. They do it all the time. Well, so with with all that being said, do you have a prediction for the Seattle game? I do. Do you want to share it? Yeah. Let's hear it. It's not a good one. Really? No. Huh. Um, I think we lose two zero. Oh, I think we win two zero. Okay. There we go. I mean, because I mean, let me let me confirm everything I'm about to say here. But uh, I I I'm fairly certain that uh, let's see, let's let's look at this. Let's look at a starting eleven here for Sounders versus Nashville. Um, yeah, I think Jordan Morris played like sixty. Some... It it matters. <laughs> it matters. Yeah. 
I think Ladero played 45 minutes. Uh, no Rui Diaz at all. Like, I, I don't think we're facing, you know, the, the, the scary Seattle Sounders everyone's talking about. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to say 2-0 the good guys, and I'm sticking to it. But they also expected, they also expected to easily win that game against Leon. And then they lost it. No, 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 no. I'm, against I'm, no, Nashville. I'm not talking about Leon. I'm talking about Nashville. Yeah. No. So no, Nash- Nashville. Nashville's good. Yeah, we'll see. No, I'm. I I think Seattle is very comfortable, not being good at the start of this year. Um, I think it's the type of thing they're going to end up regretting. But uh, we yeah, shall last see. Time- Last time we said that they won the goddamn cup. So there's that. Gotta watch the language, man. <laughs> Why? Because we have all of four listeners left. We gotta protect them. Okay. <laughs> um hey, God I, bless you and forgive you for having heard that word. He uh, takes yourself too seriously. Um <laughs> yeah, I I I'm I, I don't know. I just got a feeling. I think we've got that whole home opener thing going for us. I think Herrera is going to come back ready to go. Um, I just, I just got one of those feelings where I think, uh, I think the the odds are in our favor for this one. Look, my feeling is this, we're going to have a good pregame probably in my house. If we're lucky, we will take the train, but let's face it. We'll probably have to take Uber or Lyft because as per usual, like, ah, shit, not enough time to get there, right? Um, we'll get in. We'll have a good time. We will have really good burritos after the game. We'll keep calling them victory burritos. But the game itself, I think we lose. I think we mm. lose to zero. So. I don't know. Kickoff's at, like, what, three or something? <clears throat> Four? Three? I thought it was an evening game, no? It probably is. Let me check this real yeah, not 100% sure. It doesn't matter. We'll be there either way. Well, shall we wrap this baby up? It is a it is a 3 p.m. Pacific time game. So what is that, 4 p.m. Uh, Mountain yeah. Standard? Oh, come on, man. You haven't been gone that long. You know, I've two years. Two years since COVID. Yeah. So, okay. So 4 p.m. So uh, let's you keep might, that in mind. There might still be snow. I was, snow yeah, I was going to say, bundle up. It'll, it'll be... Uh, best case scenario showers worst case scenario snow showers so hey, but that that's just weather wise best case scenarios it's home opener rail salt lake 2022 how awesome is that it's pretty awesome if i if i have a voice at the end of that game uh, i will have failed i don't care what the guys do on the field very excited should be a good one should be going i think with that we'll uh we'll call it an episode and uh we'll catch you next week arsenal nation Turn it up, turn it up.